Good day to you, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 20 of the Kentucky Historical Markers podcast. Today, our title is General John Buford and Others. And Woodford County is where we will find our marker today. And it is a look at more of Kentucky's Civil War history. So let's take a look at historical marker number 649, which is dedicated to six general officers from the Civil War who were born in Woodford County. It is located on Highway 62 in Versailles. And yes, for those of you that are not from around here, I did pronounce it Versailles, even though it is spelled the same way as the city over there in France they call Versailles, and where the Treaty of Versailles ended World War I and all that. But around here they say Versailles, so that's how I'm going to say it. So I'm going to read the marker to you, and bear with me, it's pretty lengthy because it gives a brief history of six different generals. So it starts off, Major General Charles William Field, 1828 to 1892, Soldier, Engineer, West Point, 1849, Frontier Service in Southwest to 1855, Instructor in Cavalry Tactics, West Point, to 1861, Brigadier General, Infantry Brigade, 1862, opened battle at Mechanicsville, fought at Cedar Mountain, Second Bull Run, and latter seriously wounded, never fully recovering, 1864, Major General in command of Hood's Texas Division, bore heavy part in battles of Cold Harbor and Petersburg, his division, half of Lee's army, and only effective fighting unit intact left to surrender at Appomattox. Okay, so he was a Confederate general. Number two, Brigadier General James S. Jackson, 1823 to 1862. Union soldier, lawyer, congressman, veteran of the Mexican War. Authorized by Lincoln, he recruited 3rd Kentucky Cavalry in the fall of 1861. For a time, commanded Buell's entire cavalry. Commissioned Brigadier General, assigned to command 10th Division of Buell's Army, July 1862. Leading troops at Perryville, he was killed October 8, 1862. Forney wrote, To die such a death and for such a cause was the highest ambition of a man like James S. Jackson. He was a Union man for the sake of the Union, and now with his heart's blood he has sealed his devotion to the flag. Okay, the next one then is... Major General Eli Long, 1837-1903, Union soldier, graduated from Kentucky Military Institute in 1855, frontier service against Indians until 1861, organized the 4th Ohio Cavalry as Colonel, 1862, commissioned Brigadier General, 1864, commanded brigade during Atlanta Campaign in 1864. He led an assault at Selma, Alabama, March 1865, where his bravery inspired the troops in Union's greatest cavalry victory and for which he was breveted Major General. During the Civil War, he was wounded five times and cited for gallantry five times. After the war, lived at Plainfield, New Jersey, and is buried there in Hillside Cemetery. Okay, on the reverse side, we find three related generals, all named Buford. And we start off with Brigadier General Abraham Buford, 
1820-1874, Confederate cavalryman, cousin of John and N.B. Buford, graduate of West Point in 1841, Frontier Service, Kansas and Indian Territories, 1842-1846, Brevet Captain Mexican War, raised, equipped a Kentucky Brigade for the CSA, commissioned Brigadier General in 1862, covered Bragg's retreat from Kentucky, in Vicksburg campaign, twice raided Western Kentucky and Paducah, capturing horses and vast supplies. Spring of 1864, led brigade in CSA victory. Price's Crossroads, Mississippi, June 1864. Covered Hood's retreat after defeat at Nashville, December 1864. Defeated at Selma, Alabama, March 1865. He lived at Bosque Bonita in Woodford County, owning famous racehorses Nellie Gray, Inquirer, Crossland, and Versailles, or Versailles. Next is his cousin, Major General Napoleon Bonaparte, or N.B. Buford, 1807-1883. Union soldier, graduate of West Point, 1827. Artillery school, 1827-1828. Professor of philosophy at West Point, 1834-1835. Engineer, Licking River Improvement, 1835-1842. Businessman, banker, Rock Island, Illinois. Colonel Illinois Regiment, 1861, Brigadier General, 1862, Commander, District of East Arkansas, Breveted Major General, 1865, U.S. Commissioner to inspect Union Pacific Railroad in 1867 to 1869. And finally, the one of these six that I want to focus most on today, Major General John Buford, 1826 to 1863, Union Cavalryman, Graduate West Point, 1848, Scouting, fighting Indians in West and Southwest, 1848-61. Great Endurance, Fine Disciplinarian, Brigadier General Cavalry, 1862. And Chief of Cavalry, Army of Potomac. He fought at Second Bull Run, Fredericksburg, Antietam, Chancellorsville. Scouted Lee's move into Pennsylvania. Selected strategic defense positions at Gettysburg. And held CSA advance until Union infantry arrived. He died of overexertion and wounds at age 37, December 16, 1863, holding a major general commission signed by Abraham Lincoln. Ooh-wee, I had to stop and catch my breath after that. Well, folks, if you listened to the episode I made a few weeks back on uh, the Battle of Perryville, you may remember that I said that Kentucky itself was kind of a microcosm of the entire Civil War. The way it was divided, the way, you know, you had literally brother against brother in some cases, and Well, it seems that Woodford County is kind of like a smaller microcosm inside the microcosm. Uh, Of the six general officers that they highlighted here, I think there was at least one more from Woodford County, but that's another day. Anyhow, you had six generals, uh, two were Confederate, four were Union. But to boil it down just a little bit further, you see in the Buford family, you had two brothers, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte and John, which were born eh, roughly 20 years apart. So there was a large age difference there, but both of them went to West Point and both both of them stayed loyal to the Union. Their cousin, Abraham Buford, also went to West Point, but he sided with the South. Okay, now to spend a little more time on John Buford, because he's kind of a personal hero of mine, and he may have been instrumental in saving 
the Battle of Gettysburg, and as some would say, saved the entire war for the North. Now, that's a bold statement, but let me tell you how I got there. So at that time in military tactics, the the cavalry, the, the horse soldiers, played a very important role when the army was on the move. You know, when the entire army was marching from one place to another, the, the cavalry served as the eyes of the army. They scouted out ahead of them and gave them vital information for maneuvering and possible battle locations, but also they reported back on the enemy movements and strength. After the Battle of Chancellorsville, Lee was faced with a tactical dilemma of not knowing what to do. He tried to keep his army in between the Union Army and Richmond, the capital of the Confederacy, and after Lee's victory at Chancellorsville, he decided to make a bold move and invade Pennsylvania and hope to draw the Union Army out of his beloved Virginia and away from the Confederate capital. And that's exactly what happened. So as Lee's army moved north through Maryland and up into Pennsylvania, the Union Army, which by this time was now under command of George Meade, was kind of following, but they were now in the position that Lee had been in, and they were trying to keep themselves between Lee's army and Washington, D.C., So they weren't exactly seeing each other, but through cavalry patrols and other means, they were able to keep somewhat apprised of where the enemy was as they both moved north. Now, Lee had an excellent cavalry officer by the name of General Jeb Stewart. However, Jeb was missing in action. He was off doing cavalry operations, but he neglected the one duty that was most important, and that was to keep Lee apprised of the Union position and strength. Also, Lee moving in unfamiliar territory, you know, he, he just needed Stuart to be more in communication with him. So Lee was heading towards Gettysburg without understanding where the Federal Army was at that time. Now, General John Buford, on the other hand, he was leading a unit of cavalry, and he was doing just exactly what he was supposed to be doing. He was out in front of the Federal Army, and he was scouting, and he came across Lee's army at Gettysburg. He didn't know the full strength of Lee's army, but he had a pretty good idea that he was vastly outnumbered, which he was. So he sent couriers as fast as he could back to his direct commander, General John Reynolds of the First Corps, to apprise him of the situation. But Buford also made a command decision that day. As he looked around, he saw that some of the most defensible battleground he'd ever seen was right there to the south and east of the town of Gettysburg proper. Realizing that Lee had a distinct advantage numerically, and if he got a hold of that ground, then it could be disastrous for the Union Army. So Buford chose to stand and fight against superior numbers really as a delaying tactic until the infantry could catch up with him and join the fight. And that's exactly what happened. He stood his ground. He fought valiantly. He he had the high ground, but he was outnumbered. So during the course of that first day of fighting, he had to continually fall back and fall back till he ended up on the highest part there or close to it. And Lee's army inexplicably did not push it further that day. It seems likely had they tried to continue and press the attack, they could have pushed Buford completely off that and taken the high ground. But by the end of the first day, the infantry had arrived and reinforced him, and I think it was General Ewell, maybe, don't quote me on that, 
who had the troops that were engaged, and he decided not to press the attack, even though Lee told him to. If it was practical, I guess he didn't feel like it was. So by the time of the second morning, the Federal Army had brought up plenty of reinforcements, and they were there waiting for Lee, who did continue the attack on the second day, but the Federal troops were just too well entrenched. They suffered massive losses on on both sides. It was a terrible battle. But at the end of the day, the Federals held the high ground. Then on the third day, everybody was tired. A lot of people thought Lee wouldn't press an attack again the third day, but he did, and this is where he sent General Pickett in in his famous uh, Pickett's Charge, which was kind of like a suicide mission, you know. They just marched straight into heavy fire coming down from the entrenched Federals, and Pickett's division was all but wiped out. And at this point, Lee finally gave it up and retreated. For over 150 years, people have debated the importance of the Battle of Gettysburg. Many historians, I'd say the majority of them probably, uh, believe that Gettysburg was the pivotal battle of the war. It was the battle that decided the end. The Union won Battle of Gettysburg, and they ended up winning the war. Had the Confederates won Gettysburg, many believe that they would have been able to win the war. So, looking at it in those terms, what Buford did may have saved the Battle of Gettysburg, may have saved the Union from a disastrous defeat, and thus saved the war. Who knows? It's interesting to think about those things. But whatever the case, General John Buford made a command decision that turned out to be a major important factor in the victory at Gettysburg. Had Buford been defeated on day one or had he retreated off of the high ground and Lee got entrenched up there, then it probably would have went the other way for sure. Because when it came to battle at that time in history, you know, there were no airplanes or tanks. It was mostly hand-to-hand musket and bayonets. Yes, there was artillery, but the bulk of the battles were fought by men on the ground, boots on the ground, as they say. And when it comes to really good tactical ground, well, it's mathematics, because that good ground is a force multiplier. Whoever holds the good ground, it's like they have more troops in the battle, you know, mathematically, because they're so much more effective at killing the enemy and being protected from the enemy's attack. So, General Buford recognized the significance of that ground as he looked at it through a trained soldier's eyes, and I think it's fair to say that his decision and his bravery helped win that battle and thus the war. So I love connecting that to a Kentucky native. Once again, Kentuckians are in the mix of things, when important historical events are on the line. Now, I know I went a little longer today than I normally do, and part of that is because of the lengthy marker, but I didn't want to not read it all. So we'll just close with that, and I hope you enjoyed this little bit of Civil War history and Woodford County history. I do thank you guys for tuning in and listening to me ramble, and may God bless you fine folks, and I'll see you next time.